Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Danger Dwyer and Mark Patrick Halpin. Mark Patrick Halpin, what a beautiful, lovely ring to that name as we hear in the ambiance of Meadowgate with our candles lighting, our green tea poured and Gavin Stamp to complete it all. How are you Gavin? Great to be here Michael, thanks for having me. Episode 10 of Paper Tuesday, did you picture in your few months ago that this is where you'd be, the paparazzi coming to you? To be honest with you, Michael, I always knew they would come eventually, but it's, it's a bit maybe sooner than I thought. Yeah. yeah. You've had a problem with our podcast in the early days. Tell us more about this and the flash flood. Yeah, to be honest, Michael, you know, since I was a, a very young boy, I've always made it my life's mission to make sure that James does not be successful. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think he's helped himself in, in that regard right. for a long time, you know. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I just, we better park that there <laughs> and look, because sometimes in life, resentment brings you nowhere. And this is a good time to look at our Parish of the Week this week. Residents in Orston, North Nottinghamshire in England. Yes, you've done it. You've won Parish of the Week. And this is because your parish council leader who threatened to splatter an anti-racism vigil with slurry has resigned. So this was because Will Gunn, um, he heard that there was going to be a, a protest about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And he said that he'd take his tractor and stage a dirty counter-protest outside the village church. The former chairman defended his comments as tongue-in-cheek, but uh, these were politically incorrect remarks, he said, so he had to stand down. So uh, because there was a vigil for Black Lives Matter, he said he was going to turn up with the truck tractor and slurry tanker. Um, it's just really the, the visual impact of that, really, to see a tractor and a slurry tanker. Can you imagine that coming up and destroying a protest in Castleham, can you? I can, actually. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I heard a story before. Uh, some lad got kicked out of a nightclub very late in the night, and... Um, the farmer lad, he went home, got the tractor and a slurry tanker, came back to the nightclub and sprayed the whole front of it with, with slurry. <laughs> yeah. Well, this man had a more charged attack, you know. He said, I, will t I tell you now, if anyone attends this, there will be no village bonfire. Can you imagine the gasp when they heard that? No soapbox race. No phone box. He was getting rid of the phone box. Christmas tree and pageant or any other one-offs that make Orston what it is. No Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> no Duck Race. No, nothing. Nothing. No. And so Orson is better off, you know, um, because of this. This man also, on another occasion, he describes the BBC as a negative socialist pro-gay national disgrace that won't be happy until it has undermined the country. Well, this man now has stepped down from the parish council and the parish of Orston, Nottinghamshire, can sleep well tonight. They've uh, had a new parish council leader and they've won Parish of the Week. Fair play. These were all comments made on Facebook, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, it's the classic tale of a middle-aged person not really understanding what Facebook is. They yeah. carry away with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. You can picture all right a bottle of red wine being poured. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love this one. We'll go a bit more local now with our first story of the week, and this comes from the Clare Champions. So the opening rounds of the 2020 Clare GA Championship were being played behind closed doors. Now, the ones in Wexford may as well have been behind closed doors with limited capacity, but uh, it all came from concerns from from local members vented at a virtual meeting of clubs that um, you know it could be a little bit uh, disheartening giving out uh, tickets you know to people who um, you know there may be more people there that would be deserving of the tickets so this is a hot topic in Wexford and I say right across the country what do you think guys? Yeah in Wicklow they're actually playing the whole championship completely behind closed doors just because nobody needs to see that <laughs> 
Well, you were in a junior B game there this evening. Was no, uh, well, you got in okay. Well, you were umpiring, Mark, were you? I was, yeah. yeah. I actually I'm wearing a pair of Michael Dwyer socks here as we record now, yeah. and I must say they are fantastic. <laughs> Look at the freedom. What do you think of it though? Is this like it's just it's awful seeing open stands there in matches and like a limit on capacity? Yeah, I mean, there's no real reason for you know, Wexford Park, especially in Belfield, you know, grounds that can hold easily 500 people and people can social distance. Um, I don't see any reason why you should be limited to 200 people, it just mm. makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, there's people hopping walls down in Patrick Park last weekend. I didn't oh, really? Yeah. Yes, there was. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of a lad who parked his van up beside the Wexford Park and just looked in over the wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get a drone either and fly it over the field and watch it on the little camera. Yeah, that would be a way. Mm. Uh, look, uh, hopefully uh, by August 10th, we'll have capacity of 500 people at these events. But look, um, I think we're all uh, looking forward to being able to go to proper senior games. Although it probably hasn't hit home in your area yet because the football has yet to come in a few weeks' time. Would that be fair to say? Fair enough, I suppose, yeah. Well, not really, Michael. No, we, no. Did, we did junior B match today and we, we see that as equally important as senior football. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on then to the brown booby in the Leinster leader. So this is about a tropical brown booby seabird which made national headlines last week after it was the first of its kind spotted in Ireland and it's died there. Um, But it received intensive care support from Kildare Animal Foundation's Wildlife Unit and it has been spotted by bird watchers in in Greystones County Wicklow. They raised the alarm. The National Park Service came in. They've transported the the bird whose usual usual habitat is around the West Indies, the Gulf of Mexico, that region, and it was probably unwell, so it came up um, across the Atlantic and uh, found its way to Greystones. Um, quite a remarkable story about this rare bird, isn't it? Yeah, quite a coincidence, Michael, because I've only recently been researching brown boobies on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> this may have been a brown booby of a different high bar. Oh, I'd say they're a sight to behold in person. <laughs> Yeah, um, in fairness, fair play to Kildare Animal Foundation. Uh, they posted on Facebook a whole detailed uh, remark about it. They thanked a rake of vets. Uh, they, they have a rake of expert advice on hand. They were founded uh, a few years ago. Their wildlife unit there has g- g- gained a bit of a reputation as a local expert uh, there. Dan Donoher set it up uh, with experience in dealing from dormice to hedgehogs to swans and many more animals. Now, we actually have a local report on this. Killian Bur- Breen who we uh, all know from the Ballymoney area, has a caravan park and he has had interactions with this charity lately. Let's have a listen to this. Hi, Michael. Just about the the animals there that you're asking about. Uh, a few weeks ago, we found a cub fox that had been abandoned. I think he had a, a gammy leg of some description. It wasn't a break or anything. It was, I think it was a birth defect. But he was on his own. He was hiding underneath a, underneath a caravan. And so... Um, got in underneath it, eventually kind of flushed him out and caught him uh, back of the scruff of the neck sort of thing. Got a little bite, but thankfully the tetanus jabs were all up to date. And uh, yesterday we had a heron that a few of the kids had seen in the caravan park. And he was a very, very big lump. So went up to him and saw he wasn't able to fly. He had some sort of an injury to his wing. So a similar enough job, catch him by the back of the neck, don't get bitten too badly or pecked, and uh, bring him to... Initially, we were going to bring him to the vets, but they got put us in contact with the Kildare Wildlife Rehabilitation Centre, I think it's called. And uh, so they took the fox the last time, and they're just about to meet me now to collect that heron. 
and uh, that's about it. If I kept them, I could have had a little menagerie, but they're better off being reintroduced into the wild, personally, I reckon. So, there you are. This man now has saved a heron and a fox, and Kildare now can boast uh, these animals and a brown booby to the uh, animals that they've treated. I don't know if Killian Breen's a, a great man to talk about wildlife. I think a few years ago on Facebook, he was certainly saw an antelope on Tara Hill, uh, and he, uh, he posted it on Facebook only for people to tell him it was probably a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, the final story of the week there, it's about parties, loud TV and loud music. So this is from the Fermanagh and Oma District Council area report in the Ulster Herald that there's been a huge increase there, uh, especially in this district. It's, it rose from 10 uh, complaints in April and June 2019 to 31 this April and June. That's a massive increase of 210%. And uh, yeah, Quick so the, oh, <laughs> the Association of Noise Consultants have come in and given a few, a few um, comments on this matter. And they say that background noise levels were lower due to the absence of road traffic. And that means that sound transmission between de- dwellings will have been more noticeable. So uh, this is a change in normal dis- domestic behavior. So um, look, it, it is uh, it's coming up as much as we were discussing last week about pets uh, being stolen. So this is another uh, just an offshoot of what we've seen here in the last few months. Uh, obviously, you're in rural areas, but uh, yeah, it's hard to imagine. Or well, you're now living in Clonaten. Were you ever open, uh, awoken in the middle of the night by a noise complaint there, Gavin? No, generally speaking, we're the people that instigate the noise. Ah, yes. <laughs> we've, okay. we've had our fair share of noise complaints. <laughs> very good, very well, good. Uh, uh, Gavin would know about this actually because he has a girlfriend from Northern Ireland. And oh, I think yes. She would agree with me here that if noise is the only thing we have to worry about in the north at the minute, I think we're making progress. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, here, here. And any noise is not caused by a car bomb, really. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go and have to move on. <laughs> Flash flood! Oh, good news. Good news to start this week. Um, for a change, believe it or not. And I just want to let, her, let you all know, I'm like a dog with two mickeys since the GA has come back. It's uh, It's great. Um, lots to do, lots to f-ing look forward to between matches and everything else. Poor Katie's a GA widow, um, but she'll get over that again, like you know, because we're, we're on our way to success, and I can't wait to be swinging out uh, the rafters of all, all the local establishments when when we start winning cups and trophies and everything else again. But but the big problem, there is a problem this week, as there always is, and it's the fucking weather. The weather in June and July has been. Whoa, just fucking bad. Oh, oh, holy God, I don't even know where to start. There's not enough um, fancy words to describe it. Adjectives or something to describe it. But it's fucking tits on a stick. It's tonsillitis. And it's time the man upstairs sorted out the weather. Danny Healy Ray needs to have a word with God and sort out the fucking weather for the rest of us. Because I'm sick to the tits of looking out the window and it raining or having a day off and it raining. And it needs to fucking change or I ain't going to have a word with someone. And it's not going to be nice if I have a word with you. Oh, what an ending there from blood. Oh, we have a part two just in. Oh, and right, there's there's a part two. There is a part two this week, believe it or not. Some little bastard has come down and pulled the flowers out of Mary Burns' pots at, at, the, at the crossroads. At the crossroads, they pulled the flowers out of the pots and it's not, it's not on, right? Mary Burns works hard every night of the week, gardening them pots and looking after them. And it's taken one little bastard, because it's not a local, a local wouldn't do it. One little 
bastard has come visiting down here to this area and has pulled the flowers out of the pots. And I tell you something, if I find out who it is, I'm going to kick the hole off him up to Dublin and back again. And I tell you, I'm ludicrously outraged over it this week. They have no right to come down here and make shit of Mary's hard work. He works hard every night of the week and it's... It, it's wrong. It's dead wrong. It's dead wrong. It's dead wrong. Oh, flood. He just, you know, you could almost have a Sunday game of highlights of these flash floods because they produce so many gems. You can go back on his former play. Well, yes, James has been consistent. He's hated the dubs again this week. He's used the word tonsillitis again this week, but he's shown a bit of creativity with Wojus. And, you know, there's a beauty with flood as well. He's tremendously consistent in his rather, well, negativity. I mean, he got 33 seconds of positivity and then, no, he had to let rip. And Mary Byrne, every night, you you guys know, you're sports people, you've to form habits. Mary Byrne's habit is she has to tend to those hot pots by the sounds of things, you know. She's out there with the flowers. Like, she's probably lying in bed at half nine thinking, Pat, I never did the flowers. And running down, you know, like, you know, you have to picture... Um, how much of the upset and the the anguish that's ripping through Castledown at the moment and re- really affecting James's life. This is your parish, guys. What do you think? It is our parish, Michael. It's bullshit. <laughs> Mary Byrne does work hard. Mary's a relative of Gavin's. Yeah, Mary, Mary's an aunt of mine now. I can, I, an can, aunt. I can assure you she is devastated by the lack of flowers in her pots. How dedicated is she to this, Gavin? Well, if you're out walking around Clone, she's tending to these flowers. She has the young lads out strimming the hedges and making sure everything looks nice. You know, Castle Island is a very dull area, Michael. Flowers really brighten the place up, so it's a disgrace that they've been, they've been <laughs> defaced the way they have been. <laughs> yeah, but... So you agree with Flash Flood? You you didn't like Flash Flood. You don't really like Flash Flood. Well, well you, you can't disagree with taking flowers as bad. Yeah. I really. Imagine, imagine you walk outside now, your house in Ballymoney, your kingdom, and you see someone ha- there is your fuchsias gone. Oh, oh, you touched the heartstrings there. If anyone touched my fuchsias, there would be court orders. The topic we haven't touched on. That's it. It's him talking about the weather. Yeah. I know. We've had this conversation before in private off air, but I found that the older I get directly correlates to the, how willing I am to talk about the weather. Oh, right. So as I get older, the more willing I am to talk about the weather. Yeah. So when I was 16, 17, it's like, why would I talk about the weather? There's always other things to talk about. And it's like slowly, it's like, oh, it's a bit windy today, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's, Jesus, that's nice. That would be the sun. It, it's like anything. You, when you're engaging with something on the spur of the moment, like you, you're, you deliver furniture, Mark. So you're mm. on the road. What's your day, working day like? Uh, I nap sometimes actually <laughs> No but you wake up and you start working at what time? Oh well I, I wake up early and I do some stuff before work But I start working about 9 o'clock yeah, So say if you called the house at 10 o'clock It might be a little bit overcast mm. Then at 3 o'clock you call to the next house And at 3 o'clock you can have a rip-roaring conversation with that woman About the change in the weather that's taken place Only in the last 4 hours You know <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really the heart of Ireland when, when you get into that area But see we talk about the weather And I, I, like, I lived in Australia And they have a reason to talk about the weather Because it, it actually means something Like you could die if the weather goes too far one way Whereas here it's just It's always the same but it's a little bit one way or the other but it's all we talk about it's yeah. a great conversation starter though like it's it's easy to start a conversation with oh it's windy out today or it's sunny out today it's difficult to com- start a conversation by saying jeez abortion's wrong <laughs> you know you, you get a few queer looks when you do that <laughs> I know a few people who do that <laughs> <laughs> but you're you work in sales Gavin as well so I suppose when you're working in sales you ha- you need those bit of small talk at the start to, to get things going you do, yeah. You have a little playbook. You know, how's the kids? Sunny out today. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is anybody robbing your flowers? <laughs> <laughs> for 
for this week's flash flood, then we're we're totally in agreement with part two. We're really happy with part one in the GA, and then the weather was in the middle. So I think that's a result. James really he's hurling this better. He knows what to do. I, I think tr- he's th- throwing a few shimmies. He's going left and right. We already yeah. know where he's going. He's but out. we agree with every movement he's taking. So yeah, Captain, you agree with flash flood? I'm calling it in again. It's not really about agreeing and disagreeing with him. It's just the fact that he has a platform like I disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, you've the platform now. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, Michael, it's, it's, it's strange to have me on, really, I think, because, you know, last week you had a pro boxer and you had a, a budding comedian before that and uh, a girl who was a marine conservationist and has travelled around trying to, trying to help the animals and... I have done fuck all. Um, so. But Gavin, there's a story in everyone. And uh, uh, look, uh, there's a lot to you. Uh, obviously, sport is a big deal and uh, uh, in your life. Um, you you have broken your GA career down pretty well in the three years. The full of promise years, the cruciate year, and the he's injured again years. So we'll get into that in a moment. But my striking, vivid memory of your uh, Gaelic footballing career is when you were trying to ride up the troops oh yes yes, yes in yes. Gory Community School with half time lads we've one chance yeah and it, it just didn't what, really what, what strike happened, the tone there, see, that was under 16 I remember actually um, Brendan O'Sullivan was a teacher he made me captain that year and the reason he made Great me teacher. captain was because we went out for the warm up and he couldn't find one Conroy and Conor Devo was getting a rub and he said sure Gavin you do it um, so <laughs> that, that's, that's how I ended up being captain that year <laughs> Um, but yeah, also, you know, at 15, 16 years of age, that was around the time that, you know, my voice was breaking. So roiling speeches probably wasn't in my mm-hmm. repertoire at that stage. Yeah. But you went for it. I went for it, yeah, and I failed yeah. miserably. Gavin, you're you're going well in the world of sales and uh, with COVID, you've uh, been flat out as well. And uh, Yeah, yeah, work got, um, work got strangely busier for us um, over COVID. We normally deal in uh, what's called surgical consumables, so we kind of rely on people getting operated on. And of course that all stopped, you know, elective procedures stopped when COVID happened, they, they shut down hospitals. And um, lucky enough, we delved into PPE, you know, we were kept busy doing it. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was nice to be able to help out, you know, people on the front line there, they've been doing a great job and uh, just been in, in any way able to help those people was, was great. Yeah, I'm going to have to go there, Gavin. What is your sales title? My sales title is sales executive, I believe. All right. There's nothing to do with gynecological. Uh, yeah, so as part of my job, like we we sell into a range of different disciplines within surgical consumables. So it's endoscopy. Disciplines. disciplines yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's endoscopy, urology, uh, general theatre, and then gynecology, colposcopy also comes under my remit. So um, I have spent some time in... in gynecology theatres your special it's your specialty really isn't it you know michael they say if you find something you love you'll never work <laughs> in your life ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just what i wanted it, it's a real good time to say that you know gavin episode 10 of paper chooses we've so much to celebrate we're here we've we've a candle glowing here in this room and we're just having such a great time it's time for gavin stamp this is your life Gavin Cornelius Snackbox Stamp Born in the WSPCA on the 25th of June 1994 aka the Summer of Love You grew up quick and you grew up mean Your fists got hard and your wits got keen A caterpillar cocooned in the mean streets of Cork and View, Coolgraney 
where he worked as a blackjack dealer and part-time mechanic until the age of nine. <laughs> when that beautiful butterfly emerged from that cocoon, you joined me in the Beverly Hills of Castletown, known as Barog. It was in that melting pot, then, that the greatest goddamn wrestling tag team that the world has ever seen was formed. Ah, yes. Gavin, having climbed his way up the ranks, beating each of my brothers and Niall Hempenstall on the trampoline in various disciplines, such as Hell in a Cell, Tables, Ladders and Chairs, and Who Can Bounce the Highest, agreed <laughs> to join me, current Intercontinental Champion, and MVP in a tag team partnership, which saw us dominate the division for months. The glue that held our team together started to loosen, as I got caught up in the celebrity of it all. I would go inside during matches to get my waddy and sometimes eat biscuits. I'm ashamed to admit it, but one time I even drank a fizzy drink before going out there. Shameful. I was useless to my teammate and I left him hanging. <laughs> For that, Gavin, I want to apologize. But after that, Gavin packed his bags and left the wrestling career behind. He started big boy school in Gorey Community School, where he developed good handwriting and a general sense of well-being. That was until TY. Gavin was visited by the ghost of Iggy Pop, who convinced him to grow long blonde hair. This opened up a whole new world of insults for Gavin to receive. Everything from Deirdre Barlow to Justin Bieber, all the way down to the hugely unimaginative but simple girl. Gavin bring, never bring, let it get him- back repressed memories here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but Gavin never let it get him down and went on to captain the school senior football team to yet another year of consecutive failure. <laughs> After receiving a respectable leaving cert, Gavin went on to UCD, where he studied afternoon television and his own subconscious in the form of being asleep. <laughs> he did, however, sometimes kick football for the Freshers football team with the likes of Kerry's Jack Barry, who, and was the only non-intercounty footballer on the starting 15. After graduating from college, Gavin was accepted into the Fowler on an internship, where his wages would circulate from one side of the bar to the other. <laughs> Also, after a brief stint making roof trusses in Arklow, Gavin found himself knee-deep in the box game. In the elusive world of cardboard, Gavin managed to hashtag stay humble despite so being so incredibly handsome and successful. Nowadays, Gavin dabbles in gynecology both in and outside the office and lives in a penthouse suite on the top floor of a hotel in Clanaton with his entourage, Colin Kennedy and Joe Gardner. Rumours have lately been circulating of Gavin's return to pro wrestling with the two lads making up a triple threat tag team, but these reports are, as of yet, unconfirmed. Gavin Stamp, up to now, that was your life. Well, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad life. Uh, Not no, a bad when, life. When you put it on paper now, it doesn't sound quite as bad as it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all started with the handwriting in school, and then, then the, the, you know, in TY, the girl, um, yeah, and sleeping in, in a UCD. But uh, yeah, the big one there, I, I never knew actually that you were the only non intercounty player to start on the UCD Freshers team. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way we got to. Um, There's nothing but truth in that then. No, sadly, all true, yeah. <laughs> um, we got to, I think it was, it was an All-Ireland quarterfinal or semi-final um, with UCD and the, the management said, look lads, um, anyone here is involved with their senior inter-county team or under-21 county team, can you please stay behind and we'll discuss your training schedule for next week. And uh, it only dawned on me when I was walking away that every other member of the starting 15 was staying behind and I was the only one not, not there. So yeah, that, that is true. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad no, thing. No, it's probably, it's probably a bad thing. Really. <laughs> it shows laziness on your yeah. part. You could have played inter-county as well. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe. I was very busy, man. Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> that damn subconscious. <laughs> and you're suddenly planning in geography there. Yeah, your study is probably the wrong word to use. Right. I, I was enrolled in that course. Um, I'd say I went to more of his lectures than he did. No, I was supposed to be in sixth year at the time. Quite true, actually, yeah. Mark had an awful habit, actually, of coming into my lecture halls and classrooms. Even in, uh, in secondary school, uh, Mark got kicked out of one of his classes, which, which happened to coincide with our maths class. And I went up to Miss and said, uh, Miss, look, Mark has nowhere to go. Is it okay if he stays quiet at the back of our class? And she said, look, as long as he doesn't make any noise. Um, and he was actually kicked out about a few weeks later. And what, what's the reason for that, Mark? I made a few jokes down the back of the class about um, something uh, in the shape of um, protection in the teacher's pocket. There was, a two euro, oh. there was a two euro coin in her pocket and Mark said it was a condom. <laughs> and then started to laugh. Well, I didn't say it out loud. I just said it to floor and then floor sort of amplified what I said. <laughs> and I was asked to leave. Oh, sorry. So you were kicked out of a class to another one, and then you were kicked out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you really were a homeless student, like you I, were wandering the corridors, wondering where you go. I've uh, wanderlust. I had Michael. I, oh. had to, I had to go out and see the rest of the school. I can't be confined to one place, man. <laughs> there was another instance where Mark had a Spanish class next to our English class. Oh, he's told me about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. He used to just keep shouting, Gavin, <laughs> Gavin, <laughs> from the other room. What, what does the future hold for Gavin Stapp? I don't More know, Michael. Of yeah. the same? Will you try and, you know, you're, you're, you're big involved in Cassidon, you're, you're very close with your, your Cassidonian friends, you like keeping James Flood down. Um, <laughs> it's a passion of mine, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is this ambition going to fuel your, your, your growth in the sales world? Um, you're, you're a versatile man that doesn't like being pinned down, I think. No, I'm pretty oh, loved like, being pinned uh, down. I kind of fell from, <laughs> what you said? <laughs> I said, Claire knows he loves being pinned down. <laughs> 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 Uh, no, I've uh, I've kind of stumbled from one thing to the other uh, most of my life, from from the college course to ending up in the box game, and then uh, onto onto the job I'm doing now with the medical supplies. So, look, what the future holds, I don't know, but uh, just trying to enjoy myself along the way. Tell us about the cruciate year because the cruciate it's it's a physical injury, but it brings a lot of uh, a lot more with it, doesn't it? A lot of baggage. It, it did, yeah. For well, for some people, you know, did they do their cruciate and they come back very strong um, Conor Devitt is a classic example he's done his cruciate and has gone yeah. on to play football for Wexford senior level so um, what happened to me really like um, I think I was, about, I was about 20 at the time and we were playing indoor Gaelic football tournaments and uh, just freak accident I was I was twisting on the AstroTurf pitch and uh, just my knee just popped and I was later learned it was a cruciate and had to get a graft done and, and uh, get it replaced and then kind of after that you know I wouldn't say that I haven't been as successful football-wise purely because of injury. I've just I've probably lost interest in it along the way as well. Maybe being injured has kind of just took a toll. But mm. yeah, I haven't put it in. Definitely not in the last two or three years. You know, just haven't had the drive to be there. Uh, when you're younger, your whole life can revolve around football and hurling. But when you get older, other things kind of take priority. You know, work and yeah, different women social life. Pints and women. Pints, women, fat bags, everything. <laughs> when you're younger. The finer things in life. <laughs> I'm sure you looked up to Paddy Stamp, that great beacon of refereeing. Yeah, yeah. Like me and me and Paddy have worked together even now for the last uh, four or five years. Um, and we have a, look, we have a great working relationship and I get on really well with him as a, yeah. as a dad. So um, That's good. It considering is. Considering the great, incidents yeah. that have marked your life to, you know, tell us about that time when you were coming home from yeah. the pipe pub. And, uh, <laughs> there, was, uh, there was one night, um, 
my recollection of this, I came home. I came home relatively sober, um, as opposed to some nights I can't remember coming home. But uh, I remember coming home that night, and I remember locking the door, and I poured myself a glass of orange juice before I went to bed. <laughs> went to bed, and that was it. That, as far as I was concerned, that was my night. Mm. And uh, I woke up the following morning, I walked downstairs, and I walked into the kitchen, and I poured myself another glass of orange juice myself, and I, I found Paddy was kind of just staring at me. And I didn't really pay any attention to it for a while. And eventually I just kind of had to bite the bullet and say, what are you, what are you looking at? And he very sharply just replied, do you not remember last night? And then obviously you have the fear straight away. So I did a quick double take in my head. I was like, oh crap. I came home, locked the door, glass of orange juice, went to bed. No, I was confident I hadn't done anything. I was like, right, oh, that's, that's grand. I've done nothing wrong. So I said to him, no, it was grand last night. I came home, went to bed. Nothing, nothing unusual. He said, really? I was like, oh, fucking hell. So I did another quick double take. Came home, locked door, orange juice, bed. Couldn't see anything I'd done wrong. So I said, no, I have no idea what you're on about. He said to me, well, Gavin, last night, I woke up from my sleep to see my 21-year-old son standing over me, pissing on me. <laughs> and the worst part was when I told you to stop, you put your hand out and said, relax. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I have no recollection of this though, but uh, I think he was looking for an apology, but all I could muster was a laugh really. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> wow. How our relationship has survived that, I really it's don't a, know. It's a marker of a relationship, all right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're now going to uh, be our first contestant on this Paper Tuesdays adventure. Ooh, and great. it's the best 30 seconds of your life. Interesting it's a new segment. So what we do the is the best thirty seconds of my life. I could probably say that involves. <laughs> <but there you go. laughs> well, that was going to involve Mark. So I think it's just a lot more weird. <laughs> we, we can cut that bit out. <laughs> so the rules of the game are: we give you thirty seconds and a topic, and you give as many answers as you can within those thirty seconds as possible. And that number will be your score. We will have a leaderboard for oh, all our good. guests from here on in. And the challenge today is expressions for being hungover. Three. Two, one. Hanging, bollocks, um, oh, fuck me. I should know more of these. Um, <clears throat> hanging, bollocks, in a hole, in the depths of despair. 10 seconds. Can't function, want to die. Don't want to live. Gavin's job is a whopping score of seven. Seven. So Gavin, that was tough. Oh yeah, I'm tough. disappointed in myself. I should really know more of them. I've been in that situation many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're on the leaderboard, Gavin. Um, how have you found the Paper Tuesdays experience? I found it very good. Great to be here, lads, and uh, the best look of the podcast. I've enjoyed all the episodes so far. So, best look. Hope it continues. Thanks, Gavin. What have we learned today? <clears throat> Try not to urinate on your father. Try not to, yes, exactly. That. <laughs> Gavin has worked with two different types of boxes. <laughs> and Gavin, what have you learned? Uh, I have learned that. I haven't really learned anything. James is still an arsehole. You've learned a lot about your life. I have, yeah, but like nothing I didn't really know before. I think what I've learned there is that long blonde hair is probably not the best look. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks for having me, lads. Thanks. Well, this is uh, remarkable. Mark, you came up with this uh, rather difficult 
uh, riddle. It really got Instagram going, didn't it? It did. It really did. I got a lot of answers, a lot of wrong ones. I was very surprised now that somebody actually got it correct. And but here. I, I actually, before we move on, I have yeah. to give an honorary shout out to somebody else who did get the question correct. Correct. So I went to sleep on the night before last, and oh, they were just all wrong answers. Everybody else was useless. But then I got two right answers in a row, and I thought, "Is what do I do here?" But then Jack. Jack Doran, who has won the competition, he's here with us now. Welcome, Jack. How are you, lads? He's our honorary winner who'll be winning our 25 euro today. But I want to give a shout out to Alan Halvey, who also got the question correct. So, yeah. Alan, stay tuned for more riddles. And there's always next year. Always next year. <laughs> Jack, tell us how you worked it out. Uh, I didn't actually work it out myself. <laughs> but uh, I know I'll be selfish and I'll take the money. Uh, yeah. Owen Conroy actually gave me the idea for it, and I just remembered the name of the garage. So, I suppose I'll have to give him his 1250 one. <laughs> For, for giving me the, the idea for the answer so right and uh, how would you describe your relationship with Owen like uh, was he uh, he's, like, he's like me da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he'll only love me saying that I'm sure I don't know came into the team last year I'm sure he was always good to me as soon as I came in so yeah I don't want to big him up too much now because I'll never hear the end of it so I just have to <laughs> I keep it short and sweet he's, he's alright he's not too bad <laughs> and um, Gory with a good win there tonight good Lucky win tonight win. yeah about time it was Kind of got it over the line, I suppose. Yeah. Just about a little uh, get out of jail free card was used there at the end. So I know yeah. good to get over the line and get the get the get the year off to a start and a good win. And uh, you're in Leaving Cert year. Well, finish the Leaving Well, I don't know what you call it was. that bit of a dust year, but uh, <laughs> and you want to be a guard in the future. That's the plan, anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I have to wait and see how these exams go first, and then and you'll be a fine, respectable yeah. guard. Oh god, I'd like to think so. Yeah. 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 Do you any other comments, Bear? No other comments, no. Um, J- Jack, we're killing time. Yeah, if you know what's that, Sorry. We were hoping you wouldn't be as honest as you are, right? We're probably going to call this out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Video on, so we probably are going to put it out. But uh, basically... We were going to have old charge in here and interrupt this. <laughs> You probably will now in the morning. I think the next couple of minutes, I don't know. Still out here. Still out here. <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to kill time. No, we'll wait till they're both here and we'll explain what we're doing. You can, you can ask this man a few questions. Yeah, there, yeah. And see what he has yeah. to say. No, I don't know. Welcome, Keen. Sit down. We were singing your praises last down, week, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> Basil said your brother was better than you. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, I listened to it, sure. I was, I, expect, I, was, I was expecting nothing yeah, less. <laughs> you get them stones there, fireman comes in the door. Oh, would you there. believe it? Oh, Conroy's just walking in the door. Oh my god. Are we about to present Jack Dorn with the 25 bob? Why would Jack Dorn get 25 bob? <laughs> Who sent in the answer? Who gave the answer? Whose answer is it? I gave you. I sang your praises. That's all right. Mike just solved this. You well. How did you? I told you. Give me fifty. Well, you better get on the microphone, sorry. We're behind the... What do you mean? I won the prize. It's a bit of local and common sense, really, Michael. Yeah. It's local knowledge. We're behind at the moment with me and you in it. Monument. Behind the monument, it's James, or James Tompkins Suzuki Garage. Yeah, well, you, you, didn't, you didn't know that. You just knew it was the garage. Who told you the answer, Jack? Who sent in the answer? Who came up with James Tompkins Suzuki? Who Suzuki? There's been rumours of a mole. Now, in fairness, people are suggesting Michael might have whispered to you. Oh no, never. Uh, considering to what question Michael's yeah. credibility now. I know. I'm insulted. 
It was only, it was only a, one way to settle this. It so. was only a BuzzFeed article I read on anyway. Right, so the way we are going to solve this is, have any of you, either of you ever seen the game Golden Balls? Yeah. No. I'm aware. It is Still Split Steel Steel is the name of the game. So, that says, no, 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 oh, not those, right? Jack, these are your two cards. Right. Check what, what it says them? on each of them. There's something written on each of them. They should say split, one should say steal. On. The way this works, we have 25 euro on the line. Only fair. If you both pick split, we split it. 12.50. We're getting a pizza. Split. 12.50 down the middle. Owen, if you steal, Owen gets 25. Jack, you get nothing. Jack, if you steal and Owen splits, you get 25. He gets nothing. If you both steal, you both get nothing. Pay for your pizza. Split it. You better discuss it now. We need the discussion. I'm, I'm happy, I'm I'm happy I'm enough to split with you. 100% on my pizza. You know, if, once, if both steal, Mark, what happens? Nothing. I go home with my 25 euro. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get into this? How did this you happen? You split... And your pizza's paid for, and my pizza's paid for. Hmm. We're all happy. Happy enough, yeah. Okay. I'm good. Select your golden ball. Don't reveal until I, I ask. <laughs> if you're doing me, I swear to God. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Just think about, think about the consequences of your actions. Gentlemen, please reveal your answers. Steal in 25 <laughs> I remember this. I remember this. Right, cut it off. We're doing it again. I'm getting rid of everything good I ever said about him. I'm getting rid of every bit of it.